preach and let's listen to the word of God as it comes and do as God tells us to do. Thankful just for another opportunity to be in the Lord's house, be able to open the lids of this book this evening. I see we're certainly unworthy of anything the Lord's given us, unworthy to, to even be able, as I said, to, to look into this word and to stand before you. He's just a man, certainly that. Thankful for what the Lord's able to do. For the Lord's put in our heart, thankful for His Word, what it means to our lives. Very fearful this evening as we stand before you. It seems maybe as uncertain of maybe a specific direction as as any time we've ever really stood, but it seems the Lord's laid a lot of Scripture on our heart. No way that we'll look or preach from every bit of it, but I try our best just to mind the Lord and follow Him, what He'd have for this hour. Amen. The book of Isaiah, chapter number 59, if you'd like to turn with us tonight, I'd look, like to read maybe a verse or two there. Just try our best just to get out of the way and let the Lord speak to our hearts tonight. Isaiah, chapter number 59. Certainly a very familiar passage of Scripture to her heart here. Maybe just read the first two verses here. Isaiah 59, verse number 1, the Bible says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated uh, your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. That's all we'll read uh, for now, but uh, it seems our hearts been in uh, many different directions today. But the Lord's just uh, burdened our heart with this scripture and many others that uh, we may look at in a moment, but I begin to, to marvel as I read the Word of God today and begin to try to just spend some time in meditation and uh, just seeking God's face for this service. And, uh, it seems thoughts that we've even had in weeks past, uh, it is hard to get past some of those even uh, today. We've had the battle with, with, with this mind and, and certainly battle with the devil this day and and just trying to get where God would have us to be. But he said here, and I marveled as he said, Behold. So I begin to think as he said, Behold. Uh, that's to, to take notice of, to look, to look at this, to, uh, to, to look at what the Scripture is trying to say to our hearts. But he says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. I, I've been thinking uh, these past couple days about uh, the condition of our churches and uh, the condition spiritually that we stand in. Uh, oftentimes we look at things with such a, a, a natural eye and we can't get past that. But I begin to think today uh, just spiritually for a little while that uh, 
uh, who the Lord is and what He desires from His church and what He desires to do uh, for His church. And and I begin to think, you know, uh, is it the Lord's will that we would be in the shape that we're in in our uh, church world today? Uh, It seems like oftentimes that our prayers are going unanswered. It seems like uh, that our efforts oftentimes, it, it maybe look in vain sometimes. But I begin to think, as he said here, that, that the Lord's hand is not shortened. His ears not too heavy that he can't hear your prayer. And the devil today, he, he wants to, he wants to put a stop to the things that's going on down at the house of God. Uh, the devil certainly don't want to see the church prosper. Now I tell you, he uh, he's got us to a place to where uh, the church is believing lies. Even uh, we've gotten to the place today where we think that the church ain't got no power with God. That the the church ain't got no favor with God. Uh, but I begin to think today as I thought about the, who the church was and uh, what the church means to God. I I begin to think I tell you. We're one that's espoused unto Christ. We're one, I tell you, by a, a prized possession, if you will. I begin to think about the price even that was paid for the church to be redeemed, for folks to be born again, then be entered into the kingdom of God. I begin to think, you know, God sent the very best that heaven had to offer His own darling Son. He sent down in the likeness of sinful flesh uh, that He may come and dwell among men. I tell you that He might live a perfect and sinless life that men and women might be born again. And I begin to think uh, about what God would desire uh, for us here tonight. I, I tell you, uh, God didn't just send His Son uh, to save us and to leave us here uh, hopeless and helpless. I tell you that we ain't got nothing to, uh, that we can hold to, nothing uh, to look forward to. I tell you, we look around today and certainly our condition of our nation and our communities is an absolute wreck. I tell you, uh, we, we've got folks just absolutely every day they're plunging straight off into hell. We've got folks... Now I tell you, here in the city of Asheville, I tell you, sin is running rampant in our streets. It seems like the things of God uh, is is the things nowadays that are uh, that are evil in the sight of man, and yet the things of this world are now praised in the sight of man. I tell you, it's a fearful time that we live in. And if we're not careful, we'll get to thinking and we'll get to looking that, you know what, maybe God's not going to do anything about this. Uh, Maybe it's God's fault that we're in the shape we're in. Maybe it's God's fault that the prayers ain't been heard. But He says here, but your iniquities, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. I begin to think about what sin does to man. It ain't changed from the very first sin of Adam. Sin brings separation. Uh, sin brings a, a wall between you and God, if you will. It, it brings something that uh, that, uh, that brings such a separation between you and God. And that fellowship be broken between you and God. But I begin to think, is that God's will? That man would be separated from him. No. I tell you, he made a garden. Yeah. He made a garden, and, and I read where he walked, 
Uh, with man in the cool of the day. I tell you, God desired fellowship with man. I tell you, He desired to give him uh, the things that he needs. He desired uh, to give him uh, that fellowship and all those wonderful things. Uh, but I begin to, uh, to think today about this. And, and is it run through our mind about, uh, about all these things? Uh, about how our church is in this shape. And, and that our iniquities have separated us between us and our God. And I begin to think, you know, is it God's will that the church be in this shape? Is it God's will uh, that our nation be in the shape that it's in? Uh, that our families be plunging off into hell daily? I tell you, I read in the Word of God where He's not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. I tell you, God come to save every last one of them. There was enough blood shed upon Calvary to save every last man, woman, boy, or girl that's ever been born and ever will be born into this world. I tell you, it's God's desire. It's God's good pleasure to save man. But what does the church have to do with it? What does the people of God have to do with it? I begin to think, and it just seems like these past couple weeks, uh, that the kingdom of God has been on our heart. And that that phrase, the kingdom of God, and the the kingdom of heaven in this kingdom. And I begin to think, uh, oftentimes when we think of the kingdom, and we think of these things, and men still today are looking at this with such a natural eye. That we've got men, we've got women, we've got folks that still teach about a kingdom that's to come. One that's to be set down somewhere in a place that we can behold with the eyes. The place that we can touch with the hands. But I read in the Word of God where Jesus teaches about this kingdom. And He teaches us there that His kingdom is not coming with observation. It's not that that these natural eyes can lay hold on. He told Pilate over there as he stood in Pilate's hall. He said, you know what? He said, if my kingdom were of this world, he said, certainly my servants would rise up and he'd fight against it. I tell you, God's kingdom is not of this natural world. But I begin to think a little about the kingdom of God today. And and God will just put all this together. He'll have to uh, tonight. But I begin to think in the book of Luke, we find a very familiar passage of Scripture in chapter number 12. As he began to talk here uh, to his disciples and he began to speak to them uh, about these things. He said in verse number 29, And seek not ye, uh, in Luke chapter 12 and verse 29, And seek not ye what ye shall eat and what ye shall drink, neither be ye of a doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But he said to them, But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure uh, to give you the kingdom. And and I begin to to just think about what he spoke to his disciples here. And and, and we preached not too long ago over in the book of Matthew, uh, how did he begin to speak there? Uh, in chapter number 16 of Matthew, we find him again speaking about this kingdom. Uh, and as, as he began to talk to his disciples here uh, in Matthew chapter number 16, just bear with us for a moment. Uh, as he began to ask the question to Simon there, uh, he began to ask him, who do you say that I am, Simon? Uh, he, he asked him first the question, who, do you say, who does men say that I am? 
And then he said, Simon, who do you say that I am? And Simon answered him, he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell uh, shall not prevail against it. Now, once again, we find uh, a very familiar passage of Scripture there that, that men oftentimes look at it so naturally. We look at it and say, well, God said He's going to build the church on Peter. Uh, that God's going to build the church on that. I tell you, but He wasn't talking about that He's going to build it on Peter. Uh, but this faith that Peter had in God, this faith that come from the Father, I tell you, He said this is what I'm going to build my church on. I'm not going to build it on an empty faith, but I'm going to build it on the faith that comes from the Father. And he said, and I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But listen what he said to him, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So he promises him here that he's going to give the church something. You say, well, he promised that to Peter. I tell you, He promised that to the church. He promised that to all that will come to this faith. All that will believe uh, that God is the Son. That God is this One. I, I tell you, he, He's promised that to every one of us. I read in the book of Hebrews uh, that He's willing more abundantly, as the Bible says, uh, to give unto the heirs of the promise uh, and to show unto them the immutability, the unchanging of God, of His counsel, as the Bible says. So God's given that to every one of us. So He says, I, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He said, Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Uh, so He's he's given the church some responsibility here. Uh, he's given, uh, and, and realize how He said it there. He said, whatever you're going to bind on earth, it, it'll be bound in heaven. Uh, so for us to receive anything, it's going to come from heaven. Now, he said, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Uh, so don't get to thinking that, uh, that, that, that maybe uh, that we hold some type of power that we can loose at any moment. Uh, but certainly that it comes from heaven. But if we're binding that... If we're keeping the power of God, if we're keeping the keys to the kingdom of heaven locked up somewhere, and we're not opening up uh, to the kingdom of heaven, I tell you, we're binding that down. Yeah. We're binding those things. But he said, whatever you shall loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Uh, so I, I begin to think this week uh, about the kingdom of heaven, about how God's given that to the church. How God's given the blessings to the church. How God's uh, given uh, uh, His Spirit to the church. I tell you, we find over there on the day of Pentecost as the Spirit of God come down and settle down upon man. I tell you, and Jesus sat there and He said, the kingdom is within you. What do you think He's talking about? He's talking about that Spirit. Yes. That Spirit. The Spirit of God. Yes. I tell you, my mind began to marvel this week. I tell you, just how God just... Just put all this together. You think about what a kingdom is. I tell you, a kingdom has a king. A, a kingdom is one that has either a king or a queen that rules over it. That is the definition of a king. It, it is a nation of which a king or a queen is ruling over. I tell you, when God moves into life, 
of a man, woman, boy, or girl. No matter how old you are, no matter how well learned you are in the Word of God, no matter what the occasion is, I tell you, when God moves on the inside, there's a King that sets up upon the throne room Amen. of your heart. I tell you, a difference is made. Amen. I tell you, when the King moves in, uh, we're not talking about a fleshly King. No. I tell you, fleshly Kings has got some power. I tell you, they've got the power to write a decree, and whatever they say, that's what it'll be. That's the law. I tell you, but a fleshly king will die. Yeah. A fleshly king, I tell you, he'll, he'll only have uh, just a little while of power, just a little while of rule. I tell you, but this kingdom, I tell you, this kingdom's everlasting. This kingdom's not one, as he said there, the gates of hell itself shall not prevail against this kingdom. I tell you, ain't you glad when God moves on the inside? I tell you, God puts His seal upon your lives. I'm glad that the gates of hell itself, that the devil himself can't take away what God give to me. I tell you, if it was that way this evening, if that's what the God that we were serving, uh, that one day we could have Him and the next day we could lose Him somewhere. No, I tell you, it's straighter than that. It's a God that rules down in the depths of man. It's one that when He takes up His abode, I tell you, He writes a decree on your life. I tell you, and the law comes to your life. I tell you, you'll desire to come under uh, subjection to that. Amen. Amen. I begin to think, how do we get? How do we get this? How do we get these uh, the the church? I, I begin to think about it as a whole. I tell you, how do we get the church to this place where God would have us to be? How, how do we get to where uh, God can bless us? How do we get to where uh, where God can save our people? I believe we've gotten to the place, and the devil has lied to us so much. And he's got us even in our Baptist local little Baptist churches. He's got us believing. The devil's got us believing such a lie. Uh, that, that we just can't have that power with God. Uh, that, that God won't answer our prayers like he did in times past. That those days are long past and gone. Uh, do we live in a dark world? Yes. Yeah. Are things worse than they were even in my youth? I'm, I just turned 31 year old last week. I tell you, and things have gotten progressively worse uh, from my youth unto now. Continually worse. And we live in a darker day today than I did as a child. It's been mentioned even in the prayer room. Dean mentioned it a moment ago. Our children's going to grow up and see things. I tell you, but God's able. I, I thought about that as, as Dean said that earlier. I tell you, you cut the lights off in this room. And it's dark out there now. These blinds are shut. No light in this place. I tell you, it'll be dark in here. But you let the littlest little bit of light out. That's right. May not seem like much. You, you light it right now in this room full of lights. It may not look like much. You take a lighter out and you light that. Oh, but you cut these lights off. And it total darkness in this room. And nothing yeah. around us. So dark you can't see your hand in front of your face. Yeah. I tell you, we light a light. 
We put that thing up on a candlestick somewhere. I tell you, it begins to shine to a dark world. I tell you what, the glorious light of the gospel is able to shine that way. I tell you, it's nothing that we can do. It's no power that I have within myself. I tell you, but it's the Spirit of God that's able to shine and able to loose the bonds of of the life of sinner men and women in this community. You say, well, Brandon, I just don't believe that. I don't believe that. I tell you, if you've ever witnessed this light before, if you've ever been born again, truly born again, I tell you what you've seen. I tell you, you've seen the light. You've seen just a little light. What it do? It illuminated the dark spots in your life. It began to open up to you those places that was missing in your life. Well, when you say the church don't have no power, you say the church, it, it don't make a difference what we do. It don't make a difference what we say. I tell you, it makes a difference. Yes, God put the church here for a reason. Amen. God give us, as He said there, He said, I'm going to give to you the keys to the kingdom. Right. What's that mean? I give you right away to it. Yeah. I said to the church, Excellent. if I gave you the keys to my house, you've got right away into my home, Dean. Yeah. If I give you the keys to that safe, that gun safe in the house, you've got right away to that. You're allowed to go in and you're allowed to take a hold of that. I'll give you that right away. Oh, but yet we've bound that down. Yet we've got it somewhere. I I, I, I mentioned to the churches I preached this the other night. I, I mentioned how that uh, uh, that man in the Bible that the talents was given that, that he took his one talent and he began to fold it up in a napkin and he hid it under his pillow somewhere and he bound that down. And I'll tell you, oftentimes that's where we're at as a church. We've got the gospel so bound down that it can't be shown. Our gospel's hid to a lost and dying world. And I'll tell you, but if we'd lose that, I'll tell you what we'd find when he'd come back. And I'll tell you, we wouldn't just have one talent to give him. We'd say, here's you one, here's five more. Now I tell you, God wants us to take what He's given uh, to us and He wants us to put it into work. He wants us to use that for the glorifying and the edifying of Christ. Amen. Oh, if we'd put that into work. Oh, if we'd desire that. You know what I've realized? When the church is seeking after God, we read to you about seeking after the kingdom of God. Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. When the church is truly seeking after that, and I'm sure you've seen it here. We've seen it at Lush Chapel. In other places. But when the church is seeking after God, it amazes me how lost folks begin to get concerned. Some of them that's not even, we hadn't even talked to, Dean. There were some times we'd been praying down at the church and we, we was meeting night after night for prayer and begin to run into some folks that we was praying for. Yeah. Hadn't talked to them. Hadn't told them that we was down at the church praying. Didn't tell them we was praying for a revival. We hadn't told them any of that. You run into them at the store and usually it's, it's about all this world and all these things. You run into them and they say, you know what? Been thinking about coming to church. Been thinking about the church. I tell you, what is that? That's God. That's the light. I I tell you, it's not bound to these four walls. It's not bound to this man. I tell you what God's able to do. God's able to take the glorious gospel in your life and He's able to illuminate the lives of others around you. It amazes me. Begin to think about this week. 
before God saved me. I grew up on Spring Creek. We went to that little church there. Growing up, Mom and my stepdad took us to it. Began to go to a little Christian school there growing up. That church always just kind of held a special part in our life. We got a little older, we moved off Spring Creek. Hadn't thought about that church in years. Hadn't crossed my mind, just to be honest with you. But God knew there was a little old girl over there on Spring Creek that was for me. I began courting now my wife. We spent some time there. We decided we was going to get married. We got together. I'd drive by that little church. As I'd pass by that church on my way to work every day, I tell you, God began to press in my life. That's where you need to be. It wasn't long. We had a little child. God pressing on my heart. That's where you need to be. That's where you need to be. So for a little while we went. We decided we'd go. And it wasn't very long. I, I for, for a while, had a zeal. I tell you, I'd read the Bible. I, I, I'd attend church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I was faithful. Every chance the doors was open. I, I was trying to be there. I said, I'm going with the church. But it wasn't very long. The cares of this life began to take over. And we found ourselves right back at Sunday morning. We was at the riverbank. Sunday night, we was somewhere else. We'd see the preacher man coming. We'd run the other way. Just trying to get away from God. It got to the point where God was burdened my heart so bad. Whenever I'd go by, I was working over here in Asheville. And I'd drive 209 across and get on I-40 and come to Asheville. I'd pass by that little church. God burned my heart so bad, I, I tell you, I'd have to turn my head the other way. What was that? The light. I believe there's some folks there in that church praying for me. Oh, yeah. I believe there were some folks there desiring uh, to see a little old lost boy get his heart right with God. Yeah. Got to the point, I said, you know what, I'll go the other way. I'll go across Doggett. Paying every church sign I've seen. I'm going to cross this mountain. I tell you, I tried to run from it. I tried to get away from the calling of God. I tried to get away from Him speaking to my heart. It got to the place where the light, God began to illuminate that in my life. Yeah. That darkness. You tell me God ain't able to use the church. Yes. I'll tell you, that was just a building I was having to look at. God help if I run into some of the church members out somewhere. Scared me to death. Why? It wasn't them. It wasn't that church building. I wasn't running from the preacher, man. I was running from God. God used that in my life. Tell you what he did. Got to the point I thought I'd shook that. We hired a young man by the name of Marvin Taylor over at the workplace. He come out of a rehab facility. We often hired out of that rehab, and, and he was still in that home over there. And he began to witness to me. Old Marvin began to tell me about what God done for him. Yeah. I tell you, just old lost feller. An old drug addict, that's all he was. God saved him. Cleaned him up. I tell you, he didn't have no desire for those things anymore. Right. I tell you, and the light began to shine again in my life. Amen. You can believe it or not. He witnessed to me one time. and I told him, I said, you know what? Revival's 
heard revivals going on at that little church we used to go to. I might just go. He said, you should. You need to get your family in there. You need to get in the church. Them youngins need to be in church. Yeah. So I started back going. It wasn't two or three weeks later. I tell you, God gloriously saved me. Amen, the light. Sunday morning, God saved me. There wasn't no preaching. There wasn't no singing. I'll tell you what it was. It was the church glorifying the Lamb of God. Yeah. It was folks witnessing, testifying. It was folks telling about the goodness of God in their life. Amen. You know what I realized? Oh, there's something missing. I sit back there that Sunday morning and I ask myself the question, why ain't I got nothing to say? Why ain't I? Why ain't I? I'd say uh, there was once or twice that somebody even mentioned my name. And I'd try to work up a little tear. I'd try to work up at something that I could just say uh, to try to get me by. I think God began to deal with my heart. Amen. He said, you ain't got nothing to say because you don't know me. You don't know me. I fell in the altar that Sunday morning. God made a difference. It wasn't a week later. Marvin Taylor put in his notice at work. Worked for us for a couple months there. Faithful. Good man. Fine workers I've ever had. I tell you, God sent him by my way. Amen. For a reason. You think that God ain't able to answer your prayers. You think God's hand is too short that it can't say. That his ears too heavy that it can't hear your prayers. I tell you, let's get our hearts right with God. Amen. Let's get the church where it ought to be. That's right. I, the, the, the Bible says there in one place in the book of Romans, and I can't remember where it was at, but uh, just try to quote it the best we can. He says that, uh, that the kingdom of God is not meat or drink. So it's not physical things that you can lay hold on. It's not meat or drink, but it's peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. I tell you, that's it, it says righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what the kingdom of God is. Righteousness. I tell you, that's what we need. Oh, Brandon, don't go preaching righteousness. Don't go telling me that I need to live right. I tell you what, you want God to use you. You want God to use the church. I tell you what, we're going to have to get cleaned up. We're going to have to get things looking good. I'm not talking about on the outward, but down here in the heart. I tell you, we're going to have to get to seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I tell you what, we don't worry about all these other things. All these natural things that we lay these holds on, uh, these hands on. I tell you, God's able to provide them too if you need it. Yeah. I love you tonight. I'm glad the church has a part in this. Amen. I'm glad God's still got a church. Yeah. There's still a remnant right here at Community Chapel. Yeah. There's still a remnant across the mountain. There's other churches in this community. I tell you, we ain't in this alone. <laughs> God's able tonight to use the church. Had it on my heart for some time about a glorious church. A glorious, you think about that thought. A glorious church. Oh, something that would bring glory to God. Something that when God would look down on it, He'd smile on it. Yeah. That's what I want God to have in my life. I want God to smile on my life. I love you tonight. That's our heart. Man, we've heard sound doctrine tonight. I appreciate that. Sure do. I love this brother.